Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Downloads. Been a bit of a break. I got with me my co-host Mike Davis, producer Matthew Dillner. That's right. How's it going, guys? It's good to be back. Did you get back. your tan? I, did, um. I, I probably would be... <laughs> This would not be considered a tan by anyone other for anyone you. else's. Yeah, for me, this is a tan. It is it, a tan. Not, you know, in pictures, it still looks pretty white. Yeah, but this, <laughs> so I, you, you definitely I, got some yeah. color on. This, this I look good. at my. It's weird, you know. I look at my arm and I'm like, Amy, I think I'm actually getting some tan. And she's like, Yeah. And then I look at a picture she took just five minutes ago, and I'm like, That's, I'm pale as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, pale as hell. Why is that the not, not the name of our show? Pale as hell. <laughs> pale as hell. Pale as hell. <laughs> my nickname, Casper. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not. Is no, it? it ain't. My Nick, not Casper, but uh, okay. There's this. There's this movie that came out years ago about this kid that was uh, uh, all white and he had these special powers. He was like an albino. Edward yeah. Scissorhands. No, he oh. had these special powers where oh. he could bend spoons and stuff. And his name was. Uh, oh, I know this. I know this. What is what it? Was it? His name was Powder. Yes. His nickname yes, was bend spoons it. with yeah. his mind. And the, yeah, so they nicknamed him Powder and. Uh, <laughs> that's your name. It's no, powder. so uh, that's what, Br- uh, not Brad Parrott, but Todd Parrott would used to call me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because Todd Parrott and me went on a vacation one time. Oh, that would be fun. And Ooh. I went out on the beach in my shorts, and he goes, powder! Because <laughs> that movie was relevant at the time, I think. But. I, th- I swear to God we could get some rejuvenation and die-cast cells, even post-retirement, if we just we took the number 88 and put powder on the on the top of it where the name goes. Make it a white car yeah. with, like, off-white, yeah, just an all-white car, off-white right. numbers. Right. Yeah, right. let's pursue that. All right. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> we got, <laughs> as I said, it's been a bit of a break. We took a little time off, gave ourselves a chance to enjoy some uh, home, uh, home time and vacation time and so forth, but we're back at it. So. That's right. We're back at it. We got some stuff to talk about. I mean, obviously, this was your first Father's Day mm-hmm. as a dad. We're looking, we're seeing each other for the first time in, in, yeah. in a, at least a week. And so I want to ask you all about your Father's Day experience as a dad. Also, I'm curious if you remember or if Father's Day was even a big deal back when you were a kid, if you ever got the Intimidator, a Father's Day gift, and what would that be like? So we're going to ask about that. Speaking of Father's Day, Justin Algar gave us all a Father's Day present with a win at Iowa. He had him covered. Man. Had him covered at Iowa. Justin Algar did. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. And also, we're on TV. We are on TV. I wonder if this is like, yeah, there's cameras here. What are we going to do? Are we supposed to have makeup or something? You look like Steve Brule when he's doing the the camera (laughs) turns. Yeah, what what camera are we supposed to be looking at? This is what, yeah. I love Steve Brule. We're going to talk about it all. This is what we're doing on the Dell Jr. Download. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. The Dell Jr. Download. Now, behind this significant development are many years of scientific research. Today, we're going to talk about a rather serious topic. Hard work and financial risk by NBC. The future. All electronic, compatible color television systems. Dell Jr. Download. Now it is possible to send high-quality color pictures. It's off the studio. That can be received in full color on colored receivers. The Dale Jr. Download. In effect, in all the activities which make life worth living. Good day. The download starts now. Oh, man. They never get old. I'm telling you, the intros, Matthew, you do such a good job. Uh, we got a lot of great topics to talk about today. Um, Mike, you were mentioning Father's Day. Father's Day is a lot different now than it used to be. It was not a big deal to me. When, when Dad was alive, uh, I didn't really think much of Father's Day. Of course, I wasn't a father at the time. I was the the kid but uh well you had a father 
I, I wasn't a father though, so I don't understand. So, yeah. yeah, so it's hard to understand how important that day is. And now becoming a father and being a father for the first time on Father's Day, I get it. I feel like I fell pretty, I fell miserably short as a son, trying to <laughs> trying to get. You know, At least he's honest. Trying yeah. to show my father appreciation and make Father's Day uh, important and special for him. Uh, it did not get really important to me until Dad passed. And then Father's Day comes along, and you're like, wow, it's Father's Day, you know? And you think about your dad, and you think about how, how amazing he was, and how everybody does this. We see, you know, on social media, everybody posting photos of everybody. their father. So good to see all those different old-school photos and people yeah. people's appreciation for their parents and their dad. So, but anyhow, I, I, wasn't a, I wasn't very good at making a making Father's Day very special for dad. I, it just came and went. And I don't know whether he... Cared, he cared or not? I imagine he did. He had to have, uh, you know, cared that it was a, you know, he he get recognized on Because boy, my first, I was like, you know, hey, what, I felt a little different. Bring it on! I'm a dad. Bird, birds were chirping a little louder. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Sun shining a little brighter. Yeah, got sun. a little color. Yeah. That wouldn't happen if that wasn't Father's Day. <laughs> Father's Day get a little tan. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's, it, <laughs> I, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's it's interesting to me how Mother's Day and Father's Day are were kind of close together. Yeah. And so Amy had her first Mother's Day and I had my first Father's Day kind of back to back. So we both we both had to put in that effort uh to make our first as parents uh unique and different. So it was uh it's came and went. It was great. I can't say anything crazy unique happened. You Did know? you get anything? Did you get a gift? I uh don't want to say I love um Isla had on this little uh, onesie that said "Hello, Daddy" on it, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble with my wife. Awesome. I don't. First re- I, d- I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember getting anything. Oh, but if you did, I you know. are screwed, and we're God. all going down with that ship. I don't want to go down uh, with you. I hope this don't make. She TV made it shows. a special it, day, right? <laughs> she did. I thought. I mean, I did get uh, breakfast in bed. Oh, there well, we that's go. good. Well, it was a it was a fig Newton and a <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> what the heck is that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still in bed. Fig Newton for well, breakfast. That was what I wanted. Why yeah. would you want that? Apple <laughs> <laughs> cinnamon, man. It's real good. <laughs> like, a, well, not fig? even the regular fig Newton. No, it's the nature. It's the one oh, that's used to. Bakery, yeah, they used to yeah. sponsor Danica Nature's yeah, Bakery, yeah. man. Actually, the apple cinnamon one is. Good. They're good. Yeah. I think you let yourself down on Father's Day, dude. I'm laying in bed and these things were brought to me. I didn't choose them. Like I didn't go downstairs. Sorry, that's a do- good Father's Day. I'd love to lay in bed and have Fig Newtons, Fig Newtons <laughs> delivered Look, to me. It was what I wanted. I had uh, right. <laughs> it was the breakfast that I've been eating all week on vacation. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try to tra- take, you know, not eat a big breakfast because we were having so much fun at lunch and dinner uh-huh. eating whatever we wanted. So I was like, I'm going to eat, I got this box of uh, Fig Newtons from the grocery store and I'm going to eat these for breakfast. Get up in the morning and get some coffee and get the Fig Newton. So I'm laying in bed and, and Amy brings that up to uh, to the bed and, and hands me Isla and she's wearing this little daddy, you know, hey daddy onesie. And Isla was in a great mood. So we just laid in bed and <laughs> looked at Isla and she's smiling. You know, she's just now getting to where she smiles and you know, I, I th- she smiled at Amy a few times, but she uh, she smiles at me a lot, and so I can she, I can tell when Isla's in a smiling mood, it, and it's rare. It's not all. It's not often, but uh, maybe one time every day, I'll catch her when she's like ready to have fun. 
Um, so <laughs> well, was she a bit of a, of a handful? No, she's just real quiet. She's okay. just pretty much expressionless most okay. of the day. Um, but if you get her in the mood, you know, if you find her in the right mood and give her a lot of baby talk and all kinds of silliness, I'm. It's pretty comfortable for me to be real goofy, and it's not for Amy. And Amy's real serious and doing the mother stuff. And man, I'm I'm digging a hole. But uh, no, no, no. I, that, that that makes yeah. sense. The mothers are doing mother yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So so Amy's like, you know, she doesn't. She, she's yeah, she's on she's on the clock, so to speak. Yes. You're at recess all yes. day long. It's yeah. Almost. I'm I'm yeah. where the you're baby the class goes. clown. Yeah. You're, you're the amuser. You're the <laughs> entertainer. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. So <laughs> you're powder. <laughs> I can't remember. I I can't remember what else happened that day. That was. Uh, Did you watch that? The race? Was specially dedicated to. Because I, like if you watch the race, that I couldn't even watch the race on Father's Day. I mean, like there you didn't? things go. No, why? No. Well, it's also my kid's birthday. Oh, oh well, yeah, you were busy. Yeah. So yeah, we were busy. I watched I was, the heck out of that race. Oh, did you? Okay, yes. good, good. Yeah. So I was a place where I had thought about maybe running, and I was asking uh, Elliot Sadler about it, you know, and and what kind of racetrack it is, and he says it's real rough, and so I don't really like going to the rough places too much. Nothing against, you know, it's just with my um, history of of head injuries and stuff like that, going to a track that's really going to get your head bouncing around. We saw some in-car cameras from the from the cars the other day, yeah. or yesterday, and uh, just those their heads are just banging back and forth yeah. on those headrests, and I don't want any, any part of that. So um, so I won't be going to Iowa. You, you ain't going to be going to Kentucky. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Kentucky's front straightaway, <laughs> turn, four, turn three and four in Chicago. Um, I, you know, I did watch the race because I wanted to – learn more about Iowa, but I also wanted to uh, see how our guys were going to do, really how the whole field's going to do against just the Xfinity competitors, no cup guys, you know, and that's a great benchmark really to kind of see where everyone's at and who you're going to be facing in the playoff later in the year and who who, who you might be seeing in Homestead. And I said at the start of the season, thought to myself that Christopher Bell is going to be one of the tougher competitors this year. He's in an amazing car, and he's an amazing driver. I mean, the kid's just so talented. And as he starts to get sharper and sharper and sharper, and he's going to do this huge, quick, you know, learning curve in this first season, by the end of the year, he's going to have it all figured out, and him and his team are going to be clicking. So he's already looking really strong. I thought he had the, I thought he had the best car, a little bit better than the seven, but the seven um, of our guy, man, he was really smart about his line. So he made it as he made it as hard as he could with what Bell had to choose as far as the line he needed to get around. He couldn't, you know, he run in the bottom. He just couldn't clear him. He could get alongside him, get alongside him, and and to give Christopher credit, man, he ran him so clean. The other thing that I saw of Justin that doesn't surprise me, but every time he does this, it it kind of blows you away, man. But the moves and the risks that he takes, the the. The move that he made to try to win the first stage on the 22, yeah. you know, that it's early in the race. Right. Not a lot of guys make that move. Not a lot of guys take that chance of knocking the fenders off their car and hurting themselves later in the race to be able to get that position and win that stage. And I've seen Justin take that chance and take the risks time and time again. One One that stands out from last year was that last restart of Chicago where he just, you know, pushed all his chips in on this really aggressive restart to take the lead and win the race at Chicago last year. That's quintessential Justin. You know, that's how Justin drives cars all the time. When he was racing in the Cup Series a couple years ago, 
it was frustrating because he raced you just as hard in a car that was going to probably finish around 25th to 30th as if he was in a car that was going to run into top five. But that's Justin. Justin had that reputation yeah. when he was in the Cup Series to being that guy that like he's kind of like the ones that Denny Hamlin always complains yes. about. And the, oh, really? He is like Brad. No, he's not like Brad. He's like Brian Newman in a sense of he's going to be hard to pass and he's going to race you. And you knew that he was going to get that. He was consistent. He didn't race you dirty and didn't make it. He didn't put you in bad situations, but he was just gonna. He wasn't going to lay over ever. Was that in your mind when he came to Junior Motorsports? Were you wondering? I, it feels like I remember a little bit. There was of, a, you were like a little apprehensive I was about a little Justin worried. Allgaier coming to the team because of that reputation. I was, I was only worried about having to explain Justin's style. As an owner, <laughs> as an owner, when you get a guy in your car, you know he's that's a re, he's a representation of the company, and whatever he chooses to do, you endorse. You have to endorse yeah. or apologize for or yeah. explain. And a lot of times, drivers, myself included, don't make the best choices on the racetrack. I knew Justin's tendency to race everyone very very hard. He's not a guy that's gonna give a spot up early in the race. If he doesn't have to or feel like he wants to, which is mostly mostly every time, he's the guy that's going to race for that position. I thought yesterday was a great sort of you know example of who he is and how he races. He didn't have the fastest car, but he, in miserable heat, oh yeah, you know he just grinded every lap and he made it you know as hard as he could on his competitors. I was so impressed with that effort and and. His, ten, his tenacity and, and ability to never go, man, you know, I think I'm defeated. I think he's better than me. He's got me. He's got I, a better car. Even in positions when guys got by him, uh, when he was racing the 21, Hemrick there at one point, Hemrick, Hemrick takes the lead, and Justin did not quit or just say, I'm defeated, or, well, that, you know, that's it, I'm second now. He just doesn't have that in him. That's one of the reasons why I think that in a good – opportunity Justin could do great things at the cup level I think he's a cup talent in Xfinity stuff and that's interesting yeah wow yeah I mean I think there's not there's a few others in the in Xfinity series that, that are cup talent Justin's a guy that really I don't think ever got the, the opportunity in good cup cars to stay to prove he belongs there and he drove could, for Penske well no, not in a cup cars. car oh okay yeah you know and when he drove for Penske a lot of people Maybe not. Don't remember that, but he ran great. He ran great, yeah. but you know, a lot of race car drivers. You know, this is just my opinion. Seem to mature differently. Yeah, there's some true. that that like you'll see. You know, will mature at 20. Yeah. Um. And and Algaier, I think, is really coming into his own because I think he's also comfortable knowing Justin and them too. He's really comfortable where he's at as yeah. a Xfinity driver and a guy that's going to go for championships. Yeah. So. He has a really, you know. He has a really interesting calmness about his situation and where he is in life. He's happy. He's got a great relationship with his sponsor that he's cultivated and he's made. Which made that a huge win, by the way. Side note, yeah. win in the Midwest. Yeah, that, that may have been yeah. a little bit of reason for the tenacity. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, but Keep going. We won't make this about all sponsors and stuff, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great for Brandt. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so proud of Justin. You know, he's done so many good things in our company and, and, and drove hard and, you know, never. He's won races that we might not have thought we could win, or should have, might not have thought we were gonna win. Yeah. You know? Oh and yeah. That's the kind of guy you want. Like, like yesterday. Yesterday was a time where I felt like, well, once Christopher Bell gets up there, we're probably gonna run second. 
Yeah, Christian, I thought once he got by him and right. maybe he could move up to the I, high line, I, Justin was done. Yeah. I knew. I just felt inside. I'm like, man, this is. I don't think our chances are great once Christopher Bell gets up there and, and either beats us on the track or on pit road. It's going to be hard to get back by him. He's just he's just going to be too strong. And Justin never never felt that way, never thought that way, never gave up, and uh, that's why we won that race. You're proud. Yeah, I, proud. Can tell you, I can tell how proud yeah. you are. I was, uh, I was real happy for uh, Jason Burdett. Those guys kind of took a beating over at Dover when they, when they got busted on uh, – on the failing inspection and all, you know, all the excitement and, and thrill of winning at that race with that ex- awesome finish with our teammates crossing the finish line together. All that was kind of taken away from the, uh, from the team and the win you know, the excitement, the win was out of the sails because of the, uh, the infraction and in, in post-race inspection. And I'm so glad that they passed inspection this time. So they get to really, you know, finally celebrate and enjoy a win like they want to and like you like you would want to i came to work today with a bottle of tequila to give to jason but he wasn't here so i had to find <laughs> someone else to give it to gave it to lee our parts man manager <laughs> lee Langley. that's a good one well i thought if lee doesn't want it he's a parts manager everybody comes to the parts table and he can find someone that does yeah because i mean when there's ice cream there the other day there was ice cream yeah i mean everybody came down had some ice cream right. so maybe everybody come down uh, now, today and have some tequila <laughs> wait a second why does burdette burdette doesn't even get a second chance at his gift his uh, bottle oh. of tequila i mean he had to be here to get it you couldn't just hold it for i him? came in the door determined to give that to somebody <laughs> you wanted to give it to somebody yeah. more than and you wanted him well, to actually it. maybe it left the house with no one in particular but I knew I was going to give it away. And so when I walked in here, I thought, Burdett, I'll go to his office. Wasn't here. So I texted him, and uh, he's with his kids having a del- you know delayed Father's Day afternoon with his family. Oh, good family. for them. Yeah, very good. And uh, it's awesome, man. It is awesome. You know, it occurred to me with Algar winning on Father's Day, being that he has a little girl. And so now that you're a dad and you know how much more things mean to you mm-hmm. uh, on days like this as a parent. When, you're, when you become a parent, everything changes. Your priorities change. Everything changes. And so I remember back when you won on Father's Day. In fact, you've won two races on Father's Day. I remember that that was even before I even had a kid. So, like, yeah, it was hard for us to really process what it meant to people. But I remember everybody thinking how huge of a deal that was. And you in your Victory Lane interview gave a happy Father's Day to everybody. That was at Michigan in 2008, by the way, your first win for Hendrick. And then uh, again in 2012. And I don't know. What do you remember about those races? Father's Day wins. Oh well, I mean, I just remember particulars about the events. I remember, I remember one time racing on Father's Day and driving uh, one of the Budweiser cars, and it was painted up like Ralph Earnhardt's. And uh, that that's right. Yeah. That was right. That would have been like I remember with that slanted eight deal. Or? Just a great. That was like the old, not a slanted eight, like the off white car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. With the funny bumpers on it, yeah. you know, the decal bumpers. I remember also on a Father's Day running <laughs> a there was a, like a black. Basically, where our names were on the roof of our cars were all black as sort of a nod to Dad. Uh, we were driving the red Bud 8 car then. By the way, you go back to that race where you ran that cream. Uh, yeah, it rained eight. out. We were flying, running the top. Finished, finished third. third. yep. Finished third in that race. Casey Kane won. Do you remember? Carl ever second. The snapshot that I vividly remember about that race was mm. at the Hellup Hat afterwards. Was that when your hat? Remember because we had those throwback hats? Well, yes. <laughs> that was those throwback that was hats. Hat. That was it. Oh, man. So, wait, wait. So, what happened? We have to tell this story. So, this is the best story from a, from a Father's Day at Michigan. <laughs> so, we go. All right. So, we, we were running great in that race. And 
but Casey was fast. <laughs> uh, thick had Casey won and Carl Casey, was second. Yeah, that's right. And man, that car was so our car was so good. Right around then, Tony Jr. and them guys were doing some great things, and we finished the we get rained out, go into the media center, do our media stuff. We're happy, you know, top three. Um, wish could have finished, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll leave and be happy. Went to the helipad because we used to helicopter to the airport. Now, back when we was high end, uh, we were high, we were high maintenance. Back before we knew how dangerous that is. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to the helipad, and a race fan come over there, and he had a few drinks, and 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 was was a little drunk. But by a few drinks, he didn't know his own name. This guy was so drunk. <laughs> so he was drunk, but he was like, "Hey, man!" Uh, he saw the. He was like, first, he was like, "Hello, how you doing?" We we're talking to him, signed a hat for him. Or signed something for him. He had we signed it for a bunch of people there. There's about you know half a dozen dozen people standing around, and and uh, he's like, he sees his hat on Mike's head, and he's like, I want that hat, man. I want that hat. Give me that hat. And Mike's like, I ain't giving you my hat. <laughs> and I was like, Don't listen to Mike, man. He give him that hat, Mike. He's got about ten more of those hats in his book bag. No, no, that's not how Dell did it. Dell's giving himself a lot of credit here. This is what Dell did. <laughs> Dell Junior. Dell Junior. Did something that shocked me. He had my back for a moment. He was like, man, don't be take." The guy was trying to take the hat off my head. What, like physically? He yeah. Was trying to, yeah, so it wasn't that he was just asking me for the hat. I yeah, said no, right. and so then he took it. He, he yanked, tried to yank the He hat. yanked it off my head, and I saw red. Oh, yeah. You know, he like, like literally just yanked it off my <laughs> head and grabbed it. And I grabbed it back, and I'm mad. And Dell Jr. comes in. He's like, man, don't be taking his hat like that. You don't just yank a man's hat off his head like that. What are you, you crazy? That's, I don't you know. He has my back. He's like, he has 10 more just like it in his bag, though. <laughs> And that guy then like went yanking for my hat again. He did. Mike got even more upset with this guy. <laughs> and so there, uh, there really was a need for separation at the helipad. And I like that was the most mad that I've ever been. Dale turned into PR Dale. And Dale, yeah, Dale, he was. He, he sort of he was. He was pulling me back. He, everybody, you we, were the grumpy driver. Hey, yeah, break it up. Mike was the grumpy <laughs> <Break> driver. <it> <laughs> He's just right. You know, he's been racing all day. He's been in the pits running those pit notes all day. He's hot. He's bothered. You were. I, I, I you was were mad. grumpy. If, if, if somebody took something off your head, yeah. you'd get mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, yeah, the guy didn't even alert, you know, give you any kind of warning. He just went and reached for it. You went from, mm -mm. You went from having my back to instigator. Yeah. And then thought it was so funny afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did. But that was Michigan. Uh, in 2000s, whatever, six yeah. maybe. Uh, then you go there we, in 2008. I, I remember um, in 2008, I remember we were, low, we were sh short on fuel. And that was the, I remember that being the very first race that I had ever turned the car off and coast oh. under caution. You know, that's something that everyone does all the time, even, even if they're not needing to. I mean, they start doing this at the start of the race. Guys are trying to save fuel cycling the engines under caution as they're beginning the pace laps. But that was the first time where uh, we were really low on fuel, and Tony Jr. said, Turn, cycle the engine on and off, you know. And so I'd drive the car, I'd gas the car and coast by the pace car. Oh, yeah. With the engine off. And then the pace car would come back by, and I'd go way back here behind the pace car and then fire back up and do the whole thing over again. And everybody was raising hell because I was passing the pace car over Matt and Kenseth over and over especially. and over. Yeah, Matt Kenseth was like, "Why? How can they let him pass the pace car over and over? They should black flag him." They're, they're letting you know it's Dale Jr. Just let Dale Jr. do whatever yeah. Dale Jr. wants to do. Right? Go ahead and give him the win. That's what Kenseth was saying. <laughs> yeah. So Tony Jr. is finally like, "Man, stop passing the pace car." 
You know? <laughs> so I said, all right, all right. But I'd never done that before in any kind of fuel, you know, saving situation. Had ever even thought to turn the motor off before. That turned into doing it in that situation, that dire, you know, last minute, last second salvage of trying to make, you know, save fuel in that moment. That went from every time we were in a fuel situation where we needed a little bit, or even if we thought we could make it and we needed to try to get a little more insurance, every caution, cycle the motor, cycle the motor. <laughs> and then it went from cycling the motor in them situations to, well, it's the start of the race. We're going to start cycling the oh, engine. Oh, I remember that. Yes. We're going to start cycling the motor once we pull off pit road. That's no And fun. we're going to cycle the engine every caution. Even if we're not even trying to save fuel, we're cycling right. the motor. And I'm like, I think this is time for me to, to call it a career. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of shit that I'm, I'm really not enjoying about NASCAR. I remember that. Yes. I, so, I forgot about that. I was like, I remember that day when we pulled off pit road, and, and I think I was it was Ives or Latar or somebody, I'm like, he, he's like, cycle it from here on. We're going to cycle all day. I'm like, for real? I'm already annoyed that cycling is even part of the game. Right. Uh, because it's just so frustrating frustrating and tedious. And, yeah, so when cycling became cycling the engine to save fuel and even bring temps down and things like that became part of the norm that you do all the time, I, I, it took a lot of fun. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. You made up two laps. When you made your final pit stop in 2008, right. that race, you were two laps short. Yeah. And you made it up, and then – you did get the benefit of a of a wreck on the last wreck on ride. the last lap. So we don't even know the car did run out of gas to where I needed to be pushed into victory lane. And I actually crossed the finish line, turned into pit road at the entrance to turn one. Oh really? And drove okay. to the pit box and was out of gas right there. Mm. So had we had to finish the race under green, probably wouldn't have made it. Two thousand twelve. This was a big one. This was the first this was the first year where you know, rear skew and the housings and things like that was becoming a big deal. We one of the biggest parts of skew or, or the biggest moments of skew that I remember was when uh, it was a it was a '77 Penske car at, at All Star Open. Who was driving that car? Sam Hornish. Hornish. Sam Hornish coming down the back straightaway in the open at Charlotte, literally uh, sideways. That you know, on the you know, down the back straightaway, and things were getting way out of hand, and NASCAR started to dial it back and make some rules to try to take some of that, you know, that physical skew out of the cars. But teams are still, even today, trying to find ways to gain that skew back, you know, and that skew creates side force and therefore creates speed. And I think Hendrick was doing some of the best work in that area at the time we were at Michigan in 2012. I remember that track was just recently repaved. And I remember looking up at the scoreboard, it's seeing like 202 averages and 205 averages you know, knowing we're going into the corner at 220 miles an hour. And, and just that seems so insane to be able to average over 200 miles an hour faster than we average or, you know, at Talladega or Daytona. Mm -hmm. When the race started, we were terrible. We went backwards. Steve Latart stuck a rubber in the left rear. And that was that adjustment made the car uh, from go from out of control to winning the race. But I remember Marcus Ambrose having an awesome day and having to race, race Marcus up front. You know, Marcus Marcus uh Marcus was a great race car driver with a team that, you know, wasn't really a top tier team. Um so for him to have have that kind of day was something that was memorable to me even today. You had him covered. Yeah, our car was fast. It was. Great experience though. Went in, in the Batman car, Black yep. Knight. Yeah, that's Dark right. Knight or whatever. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we he was they had the Batmobile out at the yeah. racetrack that day and Good Father's Day memories there, and Justin Algar just made one for him, so that's good for him. We're happy about that. Yeah. Speaking of Father's Day gifts, I I think you'll find this funny. My uh, nine-year-old daughter gave me a Father's Day gift 
before she went off to summer camp, and I'm going to show you what it is, and then <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody what it is. She gave me. Oh man! She went and bought with her own money somewhere, some yard sale, a deck, a a a a, uh, a pack of playing cards. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Rookie, rookie, rookie playing cards. Rookie. Card. I mean, this playing is, cards like like yeah, playing play cards, not collector cards. Yeah, yeah, like oh, queen, okay. queen diamond, you know, uh, spades. But it's got his uh, bleach blonde hair. So that was my Father's Day gift. <laughs> right there. That's Very pretty cool. funny. So that's not too bad. I thought it was the thought that counts. That's what I'm looking forward to, I think, as Father's Days start to trickle on by is seeing Isla's creativity and that's right. those moments. It's it's that's the goal. Yeah, right? when she gets to the point where she's gonna actually yeah. get the gift. Let's hit an Exalta update. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. The NASCAR Cup Series was off spending time with family on Father's Day weekend, but the Truck and Xfinity Series were in action at Iowa Speedway, and the short track amongst cornfields did not disappoint. Brett Moffitt held off a desperate last lap move by Noah Gregson to win the M&M's 200 Truck Series race on Saturday night. On Sunday, Junior Motorsports driver Justin Algar held off a ferocious charge by Christopher Bell to take the win in the American Ethanol E15-250. Daniel Hemrick, Cole Custer, and Brendan Jones rounded out the top five. The Cup Series will serve up some fine racing in wine country this weekend, going left and right at Sonoma Raceway in California. While the Xfinity Series enjoys an off weekend, the Truck Series will be on track at Gateway Motorsports Park just outside of St. Louis. The Junior Motorsports Late Model Program takes a trip to the coast of North Carolina for the Cars Tour Crystal Coast 125 this weekend at Cataract County Speedway. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exaltacs.com. You want to get some Ask Junior questions? Yeah, we can do it. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior. All right, people chiming in using the hashtag AskJunior. Uh, number one question, I'm, I'm curious. This is one of those examples of we don't prep Dale with these questions. We like to hit them from right field. Uh, Noble and Chocolate Myers recently on uh, SiriusXM uh, NASCAR told a story about you and a guy named Brad Stevens, who's a news anchor in uh, Kansas City, racing to a Porter John during a red flag, uh, possibly during the uh, Juan Pablo Montoya yeah. uh, incident uh, in Daytona. He didn't say who won. Do you remember that? Did you win? Yeah. The, the race to the Porter John? With Brad Kozlowski. Yeah. Oh, so it was with Brad. So this guy tagged a Kansas City reporter. No. Yeah. So it was actually Brad Kozlowski yes. who you raced it. Yeah. So, yeah. so did you, you beat him? Oh yeah, I mean that. I think I, you know, I know everybody had to have seen that. But we were parked on the whole field was parked on the back straightaway, and we're out of our cars. And reminded me of at Hickory Motor Speedway. Hickory Motor Speedway has a cemetery on yeah. the back side of the racetrack. And on Saturdays, in the middle of the day, if there was a race and there was a funeral, they'd stop the race and have a red flag during. Oh wow! So the funeral yeah. funeral goes on. So there's long term, you know, long red flag. Yeah, guys get out of their cars and. Drivers leaning up against the backstretch wall, talking, and, how you doing, man? What's up? And, you know, for half wow. hour to That's... 45 minutes. So this reminded me of that. All the drivers are out of their cars. Cars are sitting on the back straightaway, these, you know, $100,000 machines. Everybody's, like, looking down in turn three at Juan Pablo, wondering <laughs> how that happened. You know, none of us have seen a replay or, or know yeah. exactly what went on. How do you crash into one of the, you know, pace trucks or whatever? So... We're just goofing off. Everybody's got their phones, which that was the night that yeah. Brad Keselowski tweeted out from his cockpit 
a picture of yeah. everything happening and NASCAR said, Well, you can't you're not supposed to have your phones. No yeah. he, make a so they made a rule about everybody with their cell phones. So he started walking to the Port of John and I thought, Man, it's a good idea. Where's this Port of John at? And I got to look and I saw where it was and I kinda jogged up behind him quietly and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Race you And so <laughs> we started running and with his long legs, man, he he can He's deceptively he can, fast. He's he like says, a giraffe. There you go. I thought for sure I yeah, had he's him He's definitely beat. more of a giraffe than a gazelle. Right. If you've seen the basketball video of yes. him on YouTube, I thought – It is a priceless I video. I thought I got this guy beat, but, man, he he almost – he had me beat. Actually, I had to give him the shoulder. We got to the port john and I yeah, had to push him. him. So you wrecked him. Yeah, I put the bumper to him, pushed him by where he overran the port john <laughs> At this point, literally my heart is pounding out of my chest, and I'm almost – embarrassed about how out of breath I am. And so I go into the port john and stood there for five minutes before I ever took a leak just to catch my breath. <laughs> like, funny. holy moly, I can't let anybody see how, how terrible how tired I feel. Yeah, he's probably and, and he's probably standing outside the thing going, man, I'm going to have to go I know, in there. Like he's this, been in there for five minutes. Oh, Brad's no. Thinking, uh, Brad's thinking this was my idea to begin with, and now I'm sitting here waiting for uh, well, this yeah. out-of-shape guy to uh, cool off. Exactly. Hey, we made a JRM 360 out of that, though, Dillner. You'll like, you'll, you'll like that. We went and had uh, Dave Moody call, do a race call. No, I didn't see uh, that one. Yeah, we had Dave Moody call it as if, as a turn announcer, uh, the race to the Port of John. That's great. All right, uh, on to a serious question. Uh, Tyler Lockrow uh, wants to know, Dale, is the Drivers' Council able to push NASCAR hard enough to try the opposite side of that package that they tried? Uh, maybe tapered, no tapered spacer, uh, valence instead of splitter, less downforce, etc. cetera? Uh, or do the drivers have very little say uh, in that situation? I, it's hard for me to measure exactly how much influence that the Driver Council has not being in it. I know that when I was in the driver council that the drivers did have a lot of influence compared to when there was no driver's council. So without the driver's council, before that was around, you had drivers going in uh, to the NASCAR hauler or texting, calling different executives, everybody offering different information and ideas, right? Everybody with good intentions, but just a lot of different voices and not everyone saying the same thing. The uh, the council came together because uh, at one point me and Denny Hamlin and Jeff Gordon got together in an agreement to ma- maybe form an organization for the drivers. <laughs> A union? Well, <laughs> let's not we, say the U word. We, yeah, right? we, we were trying. Like we were trying our hardest for it not to be a union. A union, right? And. It was more of a way for us to try to think of ways to, I don't know, maybe save money on health insurance or life insurance if we could figure out a way to do some things that would bring some costs down for us as a as a group. Kind of like a players association exactly. in other sports. Okay, just that's the union. I, I think it was it was <laughs> no. very similar to that. More than likely, I don't, you know, I can't say what it would end up becoming, but it's right around the same time when we told NASCAR, hey, this is something we're thinking about doing, uh, they came up with their idea to have a council. Well, all right, you know, if you guys want to get together and have one voice, then we'll start a council. It became a bit of a problem for us because the me and Denny and, you know, Jeff was mainly in there by name more than anything, but Denny did a lot of the legwork. We basically had to decide, man, do we still want to go forward trying to organize it was very hard to get all the drivers on the same page as far as needing to organize. A lot of guys didn't understand the point in organizing or whether it was necessary or 
having to, you know having to pay dues or what would it be beneficial? A lot of guys like the idea of the council, and uh, the council wouldn't cost us anything. So we, I think, at that point, decided to cut our losses and not organize and then join the council. And the councils become very beneficial for the drivers in the sense that the drivers got together and would meet together uh, without NASCAR to form their plan and form their initiative and their goals, you know. And, and that way everybody had knew what the plan was, knew what the objective was, and not everybody was saying different things. Everybody was – we would go into these meetings with a plan like, hey, you know, if we want less downforce, let's all say that and let's not get in the weeds Yeah, with, with different re- ways to do it or, or, or everybody's opinion being, you know, unique. Let's all just ask for the same thing. And that, you know, and that really, I think, helped NASCAR, but it certainly has been a benefit for the drivers. I think the council's changed a lot since I was a part of it. How they function has changed quite a bit as, as, uh, since I've been a part of it. So it'd be interesting to do a piece on the council, really, to know where it is and how it's changed. Because I think it's changed quite a bit. You think for the better? I, I, you don't you know, know? I'm sure it's changed for the better. I mean, the, the drivers uh, that are still in it, uh, that were in it when I was around, seem to still be utilizing the council and, and believe in the council. Yeah. You know, so I, uh, yeah, before there was a council, drivers didn't get a lot of things done and the driver's opinions were so varied and, and unique. And because there were personalities, you know, NASCAR didn't know what we wanted and where, what was really important and what wasn't. It works in conjunction with the, uh, race team alliance, uh, that, that the owners have. RTA, yeah. Yeah. And the competition committee that NASCAR has put together with all the, you know, all the different teams. So, I think it works really well. How much influence they have, it's hard to say. All right, Mike Callahan chimes in. A few weeks ago, a Chevrolet executive wrecked a pace car in the Detroit Belle Isle Grand Prix. His question is, if Mike Davis wrecked the Wendell Jr.'s ride Corvette, uh-huh. <laughs> like that guy did in Indy, like that cat did in Indy, yeah. what would his punishment for uh, from you be? <laughs> oh, I mean, he would. I don't think there would be a punishment. He would be so upset, <laughs> so ashamed. You'd feel terrible. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want. You wouldn't. It wouldn't be. Uh, you're, go, you're good. You're so nice. You're being so nice to him. I'm telling you. If, you, if anybody, in <laughs> this, this is the part of the conversation <laughs> where he's he's got my back and, and he's telling <laughs> the guy to leave my hat alone. Watch. Just wait. Watch yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. It'll turn. I don't know. You couldn't. You, well, hey, you couldn't do that. You couldn't punish somebody because they would feel terrible, anyways. And what What are you gonna do? I would never get in that car. I don't even want to get near that car. I mean, yeah. yeah, anything worth a lot of money, you just stay away from. That's a golden rule. I tweeted about that. Hey, when Dale Junior's ride, yeah. you know, program. Here's the Corvette, and the guy, this guy, tweets back. How many Corvettes do you own? <laughs> Sarcastically, right? Like, obviously, I don't own a Corvette. Uh, so many Corvettes that I'm giving one away every year. Yeah, yeah. What happens is Chevrolet donates this car to us, and this is a awesome. It's ain't no stripped down low options Corvette. No, this is the top of the line Corvette. I mean, this thing is nasty. Especially this year's car is my favorite as far as the color. Yeah, it's interior a t- and exterior. Yeah, it's a 2018 mean, Corvette Coupe Z06 with a 3LZ package. Yeah. It is a awesome car. They send it to my house, and it's in my garage. And so me and Amy will drive it. Heck yeah! And you know we'll go to dinner and and put we'll put some miles on it and get in there and drive it around. So we would not do a disservice to the person thinking they're going to buy this car and I've never drove it. You know, like oh, it just sits over here 
you know, or, in the corner of the Junior Motorsports shop, and we yeah. never touch it. Or put 100,000 miles on it, and then I'll, I'll right. float it. Right, and, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and you don't want to beat the thing up. Right. All right, Nikki Bobby Marks chimes in saying, uh, back in the day. That's almost three first names. <laughs> Nikki Bobby Marks. It's like Ricky Bobby. But the Marks. Justin I mean, Marks. If it was just a Maybe Mark. it's Justin Marks. And alter it's ego. Just like an alter ego. Yeah. Like it's his burner account or okay. something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Bobby Marks, though, wants to uh, know, he said, back in the day, man, you had some good victory parties. But what was the best victory party that you went to that you didn't win? Oh, somebody else's victory party. Okay. Well, um, that's a good question. That is a good question. I'm even trying to think. I mean, if you've ever been to a Boyer victory party, that's got to be up there. I wasn't. I don't know that I've ever been to a Boyer victory party. Truex, maybe. I have went to Martin's house. Martin throws down, but not he don't get too crazy. Martin's Martin's victory party that I went to, anyways, wasn't a blowout. So it was a you know small group. Was a chance to yeah. deal or no? This was just or? recent. Recent, okay. yeah, a couple years ago, maybe. In the last probably 12 months. I'm trying to think. Well, man. you just bring up a good point, Dillner. The Back in the chance two days, if, if especially when winning the championship, there had to be some epic throwdowns, right? There yeah. had to be. They all lived on the property. What are you going to do? I mean, certainly something was destroyed. Yeah, a gazebo or a, a go-kart. <laughs> I went to uh, – I don't know if it was a victory party or not, but I went to Ricky Hendricks' house one time. Uh, we'd race somewhere and uh, – he he called me up and was like, "Come on over, man. We're having a party." And Jimmy and Jeff were there, and more than likely, the one of them two probably won the race. But uh, <laughs> right, yeah, that that was a pretty fun one. Ended up in ended up. Getting, oh yeah, that was ended up getting a couple stitches. Yeah, you busted but, your head open. Yeah, <laughs> tell us that story. Oh God, so come on, not, let's hear it. So they have we not told this story? I don't know. Download. I, I don't know that this would ever get old. Actually, right. <laughs> So yeah, so I'll give you a short version. We, uh, I go to the house. I'm gonna stay because we're gonna drink. So I'm. He's like, hey, you know, I'll put you up in the upstairs of the detached garage. He had like a little room up there. I was gonna stay up all night. I didn't plan on sleeping, but they had a hot tub with, and they put all this detergent in it, and the suds went over <laughs> into the pool. And so I dove into the pool, didn't know how shallow it was, and hit my head on the bottom and came up and busted my forehead, split it God. wide open. Like probably about an inch by inch kind of an X nice. split. And Jimmy Johnson's like, it's 2, 3 in the morning. Jimmy's like, I'll drive you. We got a doctor. You know, we got a guy that works for Hendrick, and uh, they call him, and he's like, I'll meet you at my practice. So Jimmy drives me over to this guy, and we go into this doctor's office, and it's just the doctor. I laid on the table. <laughs> he put a sheet over my head, and the guy sewed my forehead up. Jimmy's around. Jimmy's walking around in there playing with all the stuff in the room, right? And uh, there's we, so much to the story that I didn't know, right? So Jimmy drives me back to, and they're like, "Don't go to sleep, man. You know, you had you hit your head, so we don't know if you got a cush or not. So maybe you just kind of stay up for a while." So we grabbed a couple more beers and we stayed up a little longer <laughs> because we're worried about concussion. Yeah. So let's follow me. Yeah, let's, let's just get a couple more beers. How many can you drink from <laughs> from three to five in the morning, right? Oh. So eventually, about five o'clock, I'm like, I'm too tired. I gotta go to sleep. So I went upstairs and laid down. Got up the next morning, drove home. So You're the, saying that the head injury happened because you dove into the shallow yeah. end? That had nothing to do with the suds. The suds no, are the in suds, the pool. Yeah, I know, but that isn't why you got injured. I thought you slipped and busted your no. head. You, I you're dove. lucky to be here. I know. Could have <laughs> broke my neck. Oh my God! I see. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know this. Really? Yeah. I dove into a shallow end of a pool and hit my head and. Probably could have broke my neck, but I'm lucky. 
You are lucky. I'd have been so ashamed to have broken my neck in at their gathering, you know, and have made you know. Made That's it. the least part of your problems if you broke your neck. <laughs> the shame at your party. I you know, understand that, right? You would be embarrassed. You don't want to ruin. You don't want to ruin a party, but geez, I mean, <laughs> there are more important things. That would have been the, the whole. You know, that so. speaks to the level of partying he used to do. Exactly. That his That's biggest awesome. concern was, was not being embarrassed the at the party. Right. The side note to that is <laughs> we went to Pocono the next week to race. And I ha- I'm like, man, I can't walk around with these stitches in my forehead. I got a big old, you know, patch over my face. And so I started, I'm like, I'm going to have to wear a do-rag. That's right. right. That's, That's right. for the I do-rag. Remember that. Only uh, thing. The that's only, why you were wearing that. The thing? only. Yes. I was wondering. I'm like, what the heck the is he only, trying to do? The only thing I could think of that would work was a do-rag. And because the do-rag could stay on when the helmet went on. If I wore a hat backwards, I'd yeah. have to take it off. Yep. And people would see this big patch. And it's like a two-by-two-inch patch. And so we wore a do-rag. I wore a do-rag for like three weeks. Yeah. They started selling them at the merchandise trailer. I they remember thought shooting it was a that thing thinking, that, I don't know if it was a, a crip or a, the, a blood or all right. <laughs> Aunt Jemima. I, don't at the ta- at one, I, think at the, I think at the Talladega race a couple weekends later, the team did uh, the whole over-the-wall game wore them and did their pit stop. It became a thing. <laughs> right. It was a trend. Right. And so the whole reason I was wearing this do-rag was just to hide this injury. Never knew that. Wow. If there's a picture I'm standing with Dale Jarrett and I think Elliot Sadler in the, in the garage at Pocono, and if you look real close, you can see that patch kind of sticking out from under the, the do-rag. But uh, I bought this one. I brought a red do-rag. The red, just a regular yeah. red. And then somebody got, somebody's like, you know, you got do-rags of your own at the souvenir tra- trailer. So went, we went and got those, and I started wearing <laughs> them instead. I'm like, hell, if I'm going to wear make, this damn thing, maybe we'll sell a few make, of them. Make some money off of it. And then the team's <laughs> like, with the, all the guys knew that I had busted my head open and why I was wearing this do-rag. And they're like, we're going to wear do-rags too, man. you know. And so they're wearing them before we had helmets over the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on, the, on the tire changers and so forth. So, yeah. Wow. And finally, after like three, four weeks, some stitches come out, and you can still see the scar a little bit. We it's embarrassing we'll, we'll, because, you know, I'm. I, <laughs> it's listen, a party foul. Hey, but it's hey, a party foul. It, it yeah. is. We won't get into it in this episode, but we've got plenty of time in other episodes to talk about the things that Dell Jr. would do, like in between practices or, you know, in a weekend, but leading up to a race, and, and have to think about cover, this. Cover up something that he did. And I'm thinking of one specifically. <laughs> And all I will say is, remember those wax, those candle, uh, those ear yes. candles? We'll the save what? that for another. Okay. We'll yeah, save that for yeah. another episode. But there's a funny story about him with these ear candle wax we, deals. <laughs> yeah. There's that one. And then there's also the uh, story we'll tell later where I went and got hair straightener and straightened my hair yes. in the bus and, and yeah. blistered my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a we're gonna have an episode called the dumbest yeah, crap the that dumbest Dale stuff Jr. Dale's has ever done. done. Right, right. Yeah. I want right. to say last one last thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing with the uh, butt busting my head open for at three in the morning for us to have been there for hours and Jimmy to be I'm taking you to the hospital out of anybody there and he wasn't even the guy that I knew the best. You know, me and Jimmy weren't gr- you know best pals. I knew him. We were friends. And I, I know people are probably tired of me trying to convince them how great a person Jimmy is because I have done it a million times and I do it all the time. But for him to step up and say, I'm the, I'll am i take you because yep. I'm embarrassed. There's 30, 40 people there. Ha- more than half I don't know. I'm the guy that jumped in the pool and hit my head and busted it open and ca- completely killed the vibe. 
<laughs> and for him, he's like, man, I'll whisk you out of here. We'll get, yeah. uh, we're going to go. I got a doctor. We're, we're calling him. He's, it's a, we're going to set it up. You'll be fine. Uh, at three in the morning, he could have yep. been in bed or been like, you know, someone else handle it. But, uh, dude. We've been waiting for Save Jimmy to day. screw up and, and so we could pay this life debt back, but he's so perfect <laughs> I know. that he never will do anything <laughs> stupid. He hasn't screwed up really yeah. since the golf cart deal. Yeah. The golf cart deal. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. All right, cool. Any other ones? Yeah, let's just do one more real quick. Uh, uh, Brianna Codeway said she misses the post-race Periscope videos. Yeah. So is there any chance you could do one and maybe get a breakdown after a diaper change? Oh, man, that's a great idea. <laughs> So when I when I did the post Periscope post race things, it was a race to talk about, yeah. you know, and and I've wanted to keep active on social media, but it's been a bit of a challenge to tag those moments and do it. Mike's gave me that great great line to tag moments, you know, and 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 talk about them and speak about them, but it's been a little bit more challenging for me, having just been sitting around watching racing, and I know how a lot of people, I know how a lot of the other drivers feel, uh, especially some of the younger guys. Like, is this important? Does anybody care to know that I'm doing this? Do I want do am I gonna be perceived as a person that's like doing too much? Like, you know, is every moment worth capturing? What what are the ones that are? What are the ones that aren't? So I'm sort of navigating that water. It's gonna be great to finally get back to the racetrack. I think that's gonna give me opportunities to engage with people on social media more often. Cause I there was a time when especially before Isla was here, uh, where I was doing a lot more stories on Instagram. I was you know, posting a lot more on Twitter and Instagram. But when I got here, I, I don't know. It's just I, we've been – that has taken up so much of my mental focus. Sure. It ain't really that I don't have time. It's just a mental focus is on Isla and what Isla needs and why she's upset or why she, what she's going to need next, you know. And so <laughs> I can't even think about – I don't even think about, like, this is fun. I should change, you know, this is a great picture. Or, boy, this is a cool moment. Let me capture. You, you're just mentally not even in that moment. You know, you're, you're mentally not plugged into that at the time. But I think once I cycle back into going to the racetrack and stuff, that'll come back to me, you know. But I definitely feel like I've missed uh, being on social media and, and using it as much as I used to. It was fun, engaging. I'm, I love to engage and get feedback and be part of the conversations. Cool. But ever since Isla's came, it's like I can't even get into that anymore right now. You know? Y'all are still trying to figure out how, you know, I mean, look, it takes a long time to really kind of get into your rhythm, right? If, oh, yeah. A new parent, I'm right? out of rhythm. Yeah. Yep. Stay out it's of rhythm. A, it's fine. No, it's yeah. normal. It's just just when you get in your rhythm, something will change. So. <laughs> the same right. exact, I had the That's same, true. I had the That's same true. exact feeling when I got out of the car. I kind of, it kind of knocked me out of orbit, you know. And I was a little bit out of balance on, as far as how to engage on social media and whether people yeah. wanted to know any of the content or whatever was happening. And doing this show and putting this on TV now and doing things like that's going to give people um, access and content and maybe that'll spur some more great social media interaction. That's a good point to actually talk about the TV show. Yeah. I know we're an ass junior, but there's I, been some misconceptions. There has stuff, been some yeah. misconceptions. I did a Periscope last week, actually, to address some of that, but... Um, you know, the fact that this is on TV now had a lot of people concerned, well, then why has the podcast got to leave? Well, the podcast is leaving. Yeah. This is first and foremost a podcast. And more than that, uh, the TV people don't want us to change a thing. Yeah. And I can promise cool. you, we don't know how to change if they did tell us to change. So uh, so that's what the TV basically, is going to be. Yeah, basically, um, we've been doing this podcast forever. And over, the last, over this particular year, with Dillner's edition, and the connection to NBC, 
we've been able to put a lot of video content of the podcast either on social media with our handles, Dirty Mo Media, or on NBC's uh, NASCAR, NASCAR America. That's right. You know, so and people see that and they say, "Where is all of the content? Where's the full podcast?" Yeah, they want the whole I episode. This, I would like to watch the full video. This is an opportunity now for people to do that. They'll get more of the video. Yeah. It'll be a half-hour It'll be TV a condensed show. version yeah. of the podcast. They're going to take out all the boring stuff. And leave in the busting your head in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Our job is to try, you know, we're still doing the podcast, still be able to access the podcast the same way you always have, but they're going to try to condense it. And, and our job is to try to make that as hard as possible for them to condense it into 30 yeah. minutes. That's right? right. That's right. And hopefully people enjoy seeing this on TV and hopefully it translates well. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so exciting for us because, to be honest with you, just to think about the trajectory of Dirty Mo Media, right, and how we've grown and adding Dillner was such a huge piece of it. Mm-hmm. So this television aspect, look, it's not going to change us, but it is very cool for us, and we're really excited about it. And we also want to do a good job for NBC. That's right. Hey, before we go to White Flagdale, I want to ask you about this, the exciting conclusion of Renovation Realities. This Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, like the network has been doing each week, they'll, they'll air the previous shows before that. Yeah. So this is episode four in the final. This has been if pretty you, cool. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of it, you can literally watch all four episodes in concession in a two-hour fr- time frame. Leading up to it, yep. right? From uh, 7.30, they should play the first episode, and then the final episode will air at, at nine, 9. 9 o'clock. Um, so you could watch them all together if you want. Uh, we would we would prefer that. Have it, you enjoyed it? I have really enjoyed it. Me and Amy lay watched uh, watched this past episodes in the bed at on our vacation, and we just laugh. We just can't believe well, how. Well, what are you laughing at the most? We're laughing at ourselves, really, because <laughs> we're, we're, it's just weird to see yourself and. I don't really know exactly what my how you would categorize my sense of humor, and I don't know. Maybe you know, I, I wouldn't be able to explain my sense of humor to another person. But when I watch it on the TV in that show, I can sort of see it. It's like looking in a mirror a little bit. It's just some of the things that you say that you don't really even mean to be funny, or you don't mean to be smartassy or, or or sarcastic. The way they come across and and how they edit the show together. It's just wow, you know. Amy's laughing like crazy, and it's been a fun experience to watch. We worked real hard, you know. One of the things that I remember when I see the show is like, I it reminds me of how much work we really did physically. Now there was a lot of guys there helping, especially on the days we weren't there. There was a full crew working on that house. Um, You obviously, you know, obviously we're not there every day. We've got races to go to and other obligations, but we did a lot of work. It was hard. Yeah, the work the work was enjoyable, but it wasn't something that I would love to go do every day. You know, it made me appreciate our contractor and his guys and what they do for a living. Um, so watching the show just sort of brings back all those memories of like, man, it was miserable. You the the heat and the misery of the heat does not translate well over yeah. the television show. Well, you could see your your sweat yeah. like in the first show. I was kind of laughing. It looked like a face yeah. on your on your shirt. The I was wearing these khaki Wranglers, and Wranglers makes this great pair of work pants, not to be pitching, but they soaked, the legs soaked down to the shin bone, and I've never sweated an entire pair of pants. pants. <laughs> you sweated the full pant. Yeah. I was like, this is this is like a new level. This is like several levels above where I've ever been in sweating. And, <laughs> and you've been in many hot race cars. Yeah. Build right. that sweat I've equity. I've been in so many. I've been in hot cars like it's 130 degrees in there, and I've never sweated this much. And 
you know, the heat down there is just so bad. But and there's it's not moving. You're in this old house. There's no AC, and the wind's not blowing through that thing. And oh, it's terrible. It's it, the smell doesn't translate. Like so, we're saying we're in a room. We're in this house that cats have been peeing in for 20 years, in for 20 years. Animals have been dying in it for 20 years. No one's lived in this thing, and we're smelling all that. In the first probably 30% of the whole process of building a house, we had to stand and smell all that. You know, and that doesn't come across on TV uh, as bad as it was. I mean, there is, and oh, I'm I'm just glad it's over, and I wouldn't want to do that again. I did enjoy it. Did sort of unlock uh, this side of me that I didn't it know has. I had. No, uh, yeah, I was going to say that when it comes to uh, being a little bit more of a handyman, I just never s- really tried. I would see things around the house and go, that's broke. Got to get a guy to fix that. Or damn it, got to replace that. Now I look at something and go, how can I fix that? And man, why haven't I fixed that? You know, so I've been working on all kinds of them odd, odd jobs around my house, making these giant long lists. I'm going down to our property in Key West and fixing additional things, you know, that I think I know I can fix. And it's that's been fun. I've had this whole chunk of time while Fox has been broadcasting the races waiting on the NBC deal to start I've had a lot of time to take a look around and really take stock in where where my property's at where my house is what state what's what state of you know repair this is in and that's in and and take take note you know and and think about when when I was racing and you were going from track to track to track to track and you were only home for a couple of days you'd look at things and go well I, mean, I need to get somebody to fix that and I got to I'll just, yeah, I'll just put that on the side, and that's not important right now. You know, that TV outside down by the pool, I don't even watch it. So I ain't even more, uh, it's been broke for eight years. What the hell, I'll just leave it. Now I'm like, hey, man, I can fix these things. That's good. You know, and Amy's tweet was funny about the drywall the other day that she, uh, you, you could tell that you guys are laughing at yourselves and, right. and having a lot of fun with that it. That was a moment where I didn't think they were capturing us on TV. We're standing there. Oh, wow. Con- yeah, we were standing. Oh, when you, on the phone? No, no, no. When, when I was like, do you know how to do this? Because oh. they were like, literally, <laughs> they would hand us the drywall. Like, for you know, for this example, they're like, here's some drywall. You're going to do this wall. And I'm like, Amy, do you know how I to do this? I don't know how to do drywall. <laughs> I have no idea. And our contractor wasn't there all the time. He's got other projects he's working on. And they've got, you know, hurricane damage and things they're trying to fix. And he's all over town. And so I'm like, man, I have no idea how to do drywall. So I assume she did because she's been in enough homes in certain states of, you know, progress to see something done. And she's like, I don't know. Ask them. And so we're standing there going, damn, we don't know what we're doing. That's so funny. <laughs> and then the thing is, is you don't want to start doing it and then they're filming it and then somebody's going to see it and go, they don't know shit about drywall. Look at these idiots. <laughs> Look at this idiot doing drywall terribly. All right, let's do white flag. No, no. White flag right there, white flag. All right, so we talked about the renovation realities. Also, Dale Jr.'s book, you can pre-order Racing to the Finish on DaleJr.com right now. He has finished writing it. They're running it on the press, if that's still a thing they do. Uh, with books. I guess there's a, <laughs> a press or something. I don't well, know. Well, they have to make the book. They so got to they gotta, see some like newspaper at some print point, press Printing has machine. to be done, right? It has to be done. Everyone that has read this book has been blown away. I got another one this morning, Dale. I haven't really? even told you about it. But Dude. the people that have read this book internally have been blown away, and I am one of such people. So um, I really think – that uh, a lot of people are going to receive this well. DaleJr.com forward slash book. That's where you go. Pre-order Racing to the Finish. Also, as we talked about earlier, Dale Jr.'s uh, raffling off a Corvette. 
You can go to WendellJuniorsRide.com to purchase a $25 raffle ticket. It is a 2018 Corvette Coupe Z06 with a 3LZ package. And also by doing that, you'll support the Dell Jr. Foundation. And then, uh, listen, lastly, you, you are less than two weeks away from being a broadcaster now, a weekend broadcaster. Are you excited? I am. I'm getting a little bit nervous. Are uh, you? Yeah, really? I am because I knew I would. But the great thing about it is, is we'll have a few practices to get our, you know, get our legs under, get my leg, you know, for me to get my legs. I'm, Jeff Burton and those guys, they got their gonna, legs. They're going to go in there and fire off, and I'm going to have to sit there and make mistakes and so forth. I, I'm just nervous because I don't want to fail. I don't want to, I want people to go, you know, he's an asset to what's happening, and I want to, you know, I'm glad he's there. May stumble out of the gate, you know, have those learning curve there and, and, rookie mistakes but i'm i'm excited about it and hope to do a good job does, so. does it raise your anxiety knowing that nbc put that marketing yes. campaign does it feel <laughs> a little bit like countdown to e-day yes, yes. It, does. it does that with that that spot they put on and you could just be watching a hockey game or something and all yeah. of a sudden you see this banner and this yeah. dell jr putting his headset on it feels a little like countdown to e-day back that's back in really, 1999 that's an interesting concept cross promotion with hockey and nascar that's interesting yeah, they did i don't that. know yeah. why you would yeah. use yeah. it i mean uh, you that's, know is that the crazy? demographics that's Groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, the demographics I mean, are so, so <laughs> apart. I don't know so why different. they would ever consider doing such a thing. <laughs> and we'll uh, end on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't make me comment on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of junior well, fans just, out there. I'm, know do, exactly I'm doing what this, we're going with that. and I'm throwing away the key. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We don't want to get fired after our first TV I, episode. So we'll I am real nervous. I'm real nervous, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, this is such a... Uh, don't be nervous. Just be yourself. No, no, no. It's a healthy nervous. Okay, like you know, like that jittery before race. Yes, nervous. Okay. I'm excited. I know I'm going to have fun, and that the the next thing to that is that mean that means I hope I get to do it a really long time. I know I'm going to enjoy this. I, I want to be good, so I get to do it. Awesome, yeah. fantastic. Can't wait. And that's the Dale Jr. download. All right, today. Boom. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We we'll sure. see you next week. Next week. Good All to right. be back. You never know these days. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.